Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Craze Cast, the podcast run by the fans for the fans that brings you closer to the action. My name is Roxy, and today I'm joined by my fellow team members, Jay and Amber. To keep up with all of our content, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Craze Magazine, uh, and our YouTube as well, uh, for exclusive interviews as they come up. So since this is our first episode, let's start by introducing ourselves. Uh, My name is Roxy. I'm the marketing director, but I also write and design for the magazine as well. Uh, A very popular topic of conversation is my dyed hair, and my K-pop journey began in 2015 when my then best friend introduced me to EXO and it's been downhill from there. Most people are surprised by that since I'm not an EXOL. (laughs) Hi, my name is Amber and I am a writer and outreach coordinator on the team. Um, I started my K-pop journey in 2008 and fell off, came back, fell off, came back and well, it's just been a downhill spiral since then. Hi everybody, I'm Jay and I am the outreach director and as well as a writer for the craze. Um, I can't count exactly when I started being a K-pop fan. I know I've just been in it since I was in middle school, which is a long time ago, (laughs) but (laughs) uh, I guess it's been like 12, 13 years. It's early right now. I can't really count, but it's been one heck of a ride. That's for sure. We're all so old. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) Let's start this off by talking about one of the articles that we put up this week. I was actually the writer for this one. Uh, We did a news piece about The Rose. They just recently came out, was it like a week ago or something? It's probably been a a little bit longer. Um, But all of the members uh, went on social media and sort of released a statement Um, that they intended to sue their company for malpractice, I feel like is the best way to explain it. But it was like, you know, a really in-depth discussion about how they haven't been paid since they started and, uh, you know, the the typical stuff that we're used to. So it got me thinking about back in 2014 uh, when all of this came to light with BAP. While I was doing research for this, actually, it was like kind of scary how much of a parallel there was between these two. It was like almost a carbon copy of the same situation. Some people from TS is like, let's start a new company. And it's crazy. <laughs> the Rose, the band, uh, was formed in 2017, but they were buskers before that together. And they claimed that they had yet to be paid at all since they started. So it's been like, what, three years? And they had like absolutely ridiculous schedules, which you definitely saw on their world tour last year uh, when they came to the United States. It was like every other night they had to perform, which is crazy. And like the rigorous schedule is not like a new thing. Like all of us that are into K-pop understand that sometimes things get a bit ridiculous. Um, But I feel like people forget about that. You know what I mean? Because this keeps coming up. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, they're human too, you know, and they, they're just not robots. They're, they, they're tired. They're, they go through their own things. And I think this whole ridiculous schedule of every other night was just it's a nightmare. The fact that they were pushed at this rate also puts me 
it also makes me question that was this company planning on paying them at all? It seems like they were just focusing on exposure. Is that like, that sounds illegal to me. <laughs> it really, it really is illegal, but yet you never know in this day in K-pop age. It also makes you kind of think of like, just because like it happened to be AP, it happened to Ro- the Rose, but there could be so many other groups out there that are going through the same thing and we just don't know it. Yeah. And because like, I feel like since we've been fans for so long, we know that there isn't like a set in stone regulation in terms of how these idols work and how they really get paid. And it's kind of like, it's up to the company at that point to set their own ground rules. And, you know, we're very lucky in the sense that we have unions, but you know, if you're in the, the workforce, but do they? Not necessarily. Hmm. I, I know in the early 2000s, there was a, a law that was put in place to protect minors in the industry, but there's really nothing that protects um, idols once they become of age. Like, I know that even till this day, like, um, they set in stone that if you're a minor, you can't, like, I know that, like, during award seasons, they have to let the minors leave because they can't be there past like a certain time because they have a curfew. But that's to the extent of what I know and I'm aware of. But still, it's like, let these people get paid their, their money, you know? Let them get paid, but also be fair, too. The, the BAP thing happened before, like, I made my entry into the world. But I know that you guys especially are huge BAP fans. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> what was that situation like when it happened? It was scary, to say the least. Um, at least with the Rose situation, the members have all of their social, their personal social media um, well established. When it came to BAP, uh, things were getting locked down left and right. Like, the members couldn't use their name, BAP. They couldn't chat with fans using their group things like their fan cafes at least the members have the opportunity to speak up and stand up for themselves so for me in this case it it was just like i was a lot younger back then when it happened so it's just like trying to like really understand and come to terms of like oh snap it's happening like they're actually going through something and now as I'm older I got to understand more about what had happened and definitely at that time I'm like oh my god where what's gonna happen like because of this it's just like are they gonna disappear are they like are they ever gonna come back and I think at that time a lot of other things happening within the k-pop industry people were leaving left and right and sometimes it could really really wreck their careers and it's just like, they're so new. They're still barely new that and to the point it's just like, no, there's so much potential still left. And I was just, I remember being angry as well because it's just like, oh no, I love them so much. I don't want them to go away. But at the same time, trying to understand it's like they're doing it for themselves and so that they are treated better. So it was kind of a mixed feeling thing in the sense of like I didn't know how to feel but all of these feelings that I'm feeling are negative left and right and stuff like that for me and it it was scary I'm not gonna lie it was scary 
You know, the one thing that I found kind of interesting about it, because I remember when BAP like made their return uh, as a group to the industry, because like I stayed up until 2am to watch their showcase for some reason. I don't remember why I did that. We all have more free time in college, but (laughs) when I was looking (laughs) back at it, it says that they were, they reached a settlement after 10 months. And I feel like it felt way longer than that. Uh, I don't know for Amber's case, I remember exactly where I was when the news was like dropped um, that, you know, that they released the settlement. But I agree with you. It did feel like it was such a long time. I was like, it felt like I was empty. And then I was actually, I forgot the exact year, but I was in the middle of KCON at that time when the um, KCON LA, I should say, when the news dropped. I started crying right then and there when um, when I found out the news because part of me was like, yes, you know, I'm so glad that they're coming back and or something has settled in terms of like, it's not the end of BAP. They're like, they figured it out. They've gotten their stuff together. Like, I'm just so glad that they're together again. I remember when I got the news, I was still in high school. I was in class and I pull out my phone because it's going crazy in my pocket. And I look at it and everyone's like, BAP is back, BAP is back. And I, like Jay, like I started tearing up in the middle of class. I was like, my babies are coming back. They're coming home. And I too stayed up until God knows when to watch their comeback and just to scream over the fact that Jungkook looks so powerful. Don't get me started on my mans, okay? <laughs> I love <laughs> my mans. He's my ultimate vice. Don't even get me started. You scare him. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, he's back. I yeah, I totally get. Like it was just one of those things. Like this is so surreal. But I don't know if you guys felt it either. It's just like. Part of it is like, okay, they're back, but I'm so scared that something's going to happen and they're going to leave again. Oh my God. Let's protect. Look what happened. <laughs> and that's what I'm afraid is going to happen to the Rose because they got so beat down. BAP got so beat down by their company. It kind of just broke their spirit is what it seems like. Um, and then lo and behold, when all of their contracts ended, they all parted ways. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, I didn't think that they were going to do that. Like, I thought they might leave TS Entertainment altogether and stay together, kind of like Highlight did. But, like, they just disappeared into the void. And that's probably, like, the worst thing for most people, too. It makes me wonder what the Rose, like, their support system, and if they're as tight as they seem, at least to their fans, um, if they'll be able to survive through this. Yeah, it really begs the question, like, what's going to happen to them? Since it's, like the same case happening what six years later like are we going to have the same situation on our hands where they're going to disappear for a while and then come back and then you know somebody's going to have an issue with anxiety and have to go on hiatus for a while and then they just sort of like dissipate afterwards that's kind of scary if you put put it like in the big picture that kind of goes to show that the industry really hasn't changed like It's just, they, I feel like it's gotten, unfortunately, I don't mean it to sound like this, but it's, they've just gotten better at hiding things like these, that these things are happening because it is happening. We're just not aware of it. And, um, because it's 
several years later, even after BAP, and you would think that it was such a big group and it was such a big example that they would learn, but goes to show it really hasn't changed that much. Yeah, I think that's true, which is kind of disheartening <laughs> if you think about it. I'm just keeping an eye on things because right now it's just in like the early stages of it. I remember if we bring the parallel back of the BAP case, soon all of the like the people around the rows might start speaking out of things. Like Dehan's trainer spoke out. Um, some of the members' friends started speaking out about things that were going on. So I'm wondering to see how far this really goes. Well, I think we can just, let's just hope that it doesn't drag out for a long time and that the solution will be found much more faster compared to what has happened in the past. I just worry about Wu Sung. I hope he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> He's a soft child. Our next segment is uh, personal K-pop story time. I want to dive into our personal introductions into the How You Wave. So what got you into it and kept you here? Um, I can start with my story because it's actually pretty funny. Um, I feel like we all had like that one friend that was like, oh my God, you got to watch this. You got to see this, right? It was early 2015. And I feel like it was when EXO was releasing teasers for Call Me Baby. So like, I had a group of friends that were all like XOLs and they were like screaming and I had no idea what was going on. (laughs) So my friend was like, okay, you need to watch this. So I think the first thing she had me watch was Growl since that's a pretty good introduction (laughs) for most people. All the EXO songs. I love Growl. No, Wolf was next. (laughs) Uh, At least you weren't exposed to the demo of Wolf. Oh, I feel like I found that later. (laughs) Yeah, no, that I listened to that before Growl came on on accident. (laughs) I didn't want to hear this. (laughs) Yeah, but what I remember is like I was kind of pushing back on her. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, it's cool, it's fine, or whatever, and then. Um, this is when I was in college. So I went back to my apartment at school and it was like a Saturday night or something. And I got drunk and went onto iTunes and bought Wolf. (laughs) The next morning after I realized what I had done, I was like, "Uh Oh, I think that something is happening here and I can't stop it. I love that. Back in, I want to say middle school, Oh, God. Um, Back in middle school, I had relatives um, who were into the whole K-drama scene. And um, this is at the time before I started watching K-dramas. I was into anime and watching Japanese dramas. I'd find every little thing that I could on YouTube um, for Japanese dramas and stuff like that. And... Oh God, I'm going to age myself. And I'm pretty sure you you both also know about this platform. MySpace was the thing back then. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, uh, yeah, for the younger listeners, old social media, similar to like Facebook and all of that. I was on MySpace and another website that I think is still active now, but I don't think it's as big anymore. Live journal was also a thing back then too. Um, I was like on these websites just trying to find whatever I could in terms of at that time J-pop and anime and 
I was brought this case of Korean dramas. And the first one that I actually watched was Princess Hours. And I remember like, oh, I really like this. I started to get into the food and I was like, I need more Korean dramas. And kind of to tie it back with the whole anime and J-pop thing, I was first really exposed to Boa, who I didn't know at that time was Korean. And I didn't know she did soundtracks for um, the anime Inuyasha. And I listened to all the versions that she released for the song that she did for that anime. And then I went down that rabbit hole of like, oh my God, like, oh, these are actually Korean people who are doing stuff for J-pop and um, anime. Let me look into this a little bit more. I dive in a little bit deeper and then I found, now they're called TVXQ, but back then they were known as Dongbang Chiki or DBSK. And um, I was exposed to Purple Line and them and then Super Junior and then I found Big Bang. And when Sunset Glow came out, that's when I was just like, oh, oh. It's real. GD just came and was like, let's just, let's just snatch her and she's just going to be a fan. And um, since then, I think because I was exposed to DBSK, Big Bang and Super Junior so early, I was like, oh, this is a thing. And then I actually had a classmate who was Korean and I would not stop talking to her about how much I loved her culture. And the music and so she would teach me things here and there and she's like oh my god I really appreciate how you love my culture and because of that I think it just grew into this massive thing and here we are several several years later <laughs> still in this k-pop gang stuff <laughs> that's, that's, that shit's for life dude you don't get out of it Mm-mm. yeah you're stuck um mm-hmm. Jay and I have similar stories actually um, it started with Japanese dramas and J-pop because little old me decided that I wanted to learn Japanese because I wanted to watch dramas without subtitles. So bopping along in class, I find Hana Yuri Dango. And for those who don't know, Hana Yuri Dango is the original version, the Korean drama, Boys Over Flowers. So I finished Hana Yuri Dango and I'm like, I need more. And my friend goes, you could always watch the other countries' versions of it. So I pop open Boys Over Flowers on one of the many streaming sites we used back then, because Netflix didn't believe in putting K-dramas on their, on their platform. And I'm watching it, and they got all these very interesting soundtracks. They got Pretty Men in the video. And I'm just like, huh. One soundtrack got stuck in my head for hours and I'm sure you two know it the almost paradise oh my gosh I knew that was what was coming (laughs) so I look up who sang that song and I'm like oh this is good and then I find SS501 and the song love like this which little me decided oh I need to learn this dance and I still remember it to this day then from SS501, I too found Big Bang, and the song was Haru Haru for me. I start bawling my eyes out anytime I hear it now. 
then Big Bang started getting boring for me. And then I found BAP. And then it just it just went all the way down the, down the hill from there. And so nowadays, I stand too many groups that makes my wallet hurt and somehow found myself on the other side of the planet due to the love of Korean culture and K-pop. Living that multi-stan life is so real. It's so expensive. It is. Dude, you should see the number of albums that I have in my room. It's stupid. I'm not looking forward to shipping mine home. I, I can't even begin to like start counting how much I've spent over the years on albums. Yeah, don't, don't do it. You'll that. disappoint yourself. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, don't, I, I feel like such a rookie compared to you guys because I've only been here since 2015. It happens, but <laughs> you're catching up fast. Yeah, I actually remember because, you know, EXO was like my gateway. Um, but I ended up being a BTS stan and I was like super mad at my friend for not showing me BTS. Because I feel like I came across um, in Cypher Part 3, and I was like, why the hell did you not show me this first? Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) What took you so long? What? Yeah, we had actually, I feel like we had talked about going to um, that BTS concert in New York, the one where the high touch was canceled because somebody is awful and made threats. Mm. We can talk mm-hmm. about those threats in an entire episode. All of that could take up an entire episode of this podcast. I know, right? Yeah, we should just talk about all the crazy things that have happened in K-pop in terms of stuff like that in general in an episode. Oh my god, Jay, do you remember the super glue incident with TVX? Oh my god, yes! <laughs> yes! Oh! Or, oh, just Jesus Christ. I'm kind of glad it's not to that extent anymore, but, like, still it's bad. Or how, like, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a different episode. Ugh. So many feelings. So, so many feelings, that's <laughs> right. So let's move on to our last segment, which is discussing some underrated groups that you guys might not be super familiar with. Um, this week we are fe- featuring our favorite little rookies, Mont. My, my tiny little trio. I adore them so much. <laughs> If you're unfamiliar with Mont, they are um, a tiny, I say tiny because I think they're so small, even though they're not really that young. They're uh, a trio group under Fly Music Entertainment, right? The main unit is a three-person group, but we'll get into all of that. Um, So they debuted, I can't keep yours together anymore. They debuted in 2019 um, with that, that soft little song, Will You Be My Girlfriend? So cute. Very cute. Um, And they were known as the mountain trainees they were on mix nine um that's how people recognize them anyway but i'll let amber uh talk about this one since she has been uh the main one to be in contact with them so a little bit about mine before they made their relaunch in 2019 they had a temporary launch in 2017 with their song sorry it's a very cute little romantic song that you can still find on YouTube if you look for it. Um, Then they really made headwaves in Korea uh, last year when they released their song, um, The Korean Island Dokdo and Taehan Mingo Magse, which is hooray for Korea or cheer for Korea. These days, they've 
added an additional member to their lineup, have toured several countries around the world and are known for the fact that any country that they join for a tour, they make sure to learn a song in the native language, which has played very well in their quest for international recognition. Yeah, you've actually um, interfaced with them too, right? Oh, Multiple yes. Times. We've gotten a chance to chat with Mont quite a few times. Um, first thing is we were actually the first group to interview them before their debut. So that makes us kind of part of their history, which is kind of an honor because we know they're going to blow up real soon. And then we've actually collaborated with the YouTuber Card K-Pop in a couple videos where we get to see the members um, play some guessing K-pop games, as well as try some very interesting American snacks. Jay, Roxy, who do you like from Mont and why? And what has been your favorite song? Um, put on the spot, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I do have an answer to this because I um, edited the, the video we did with them and I just, I adore Rhoda. He's so cute. <laughs> what about Personally? you, Jay? Uh, I, I don't have one only because I'm still trying to like, I'm trying to catch up with so many groups and so many other things that I'm, I'm going to be very guilty about this. I haven't had the chance to really get into them. Like I want to. Our favorite rookies. Oh no. (laughs) And trust me, they're like, they're there. I know I'm very aware. They're very cute though. Very, very cute. It's just, I haven't like, you know, like when you get into a group, you're like, I have to know everything. Like I must research. And I just haven't given that my, myself that opportunity to really like, aside from the things that we've done, um, to really like personally sit down and get to know them and be like, Oh, I really, really like this specific member or stuff like that. I just like, I just, I haven't had that opportunity yet, but it's there. It's there. <laughs> Don't worry. To Mint. It. Don't worry. Mint. Between Roxy and I, Jay will get very caught up on our favorite rookies. Me personally, we are um, my favorite song is from their latest album called Awesome Up called Pigon, which they finally released a music video for. And I am just saying that's a bop. That is my jam, dude. I love that song. I didn't know they could go that hard. I will add to my list of things that I need to catch up on. It, it was so hard. And the video is actually really nice, too. It was filmed in Germany. Very interesting. Um, the members we're talking on the fan cafe about their experiences. It was pretty cool. If you go onto our YouTube channel, you'll see our collaboration with them. They're very cute. Uh, trying to guess the K-pop songs. I will just say, I will just say you could hold me accountable. It goes on the record next episode. I will know them more. I'm going to hold you to that. We're going to quiz you. I'm going to fly over to California. (laughs) Okay. So next episode, it's on the record. I will get to know them more, okay? <laughs> All right. So it's about time we wrap up. Uh, do you guys have any final comments or thoughts on the stuff that we have discussed today? In the K-pop world, there's a lot of things, a lot of ups and downs. And 
Um, despite the many situations that our favorite idols face, the most important thing is that support because at the end of the day, the idols just want the support from their fans no matter what situation they're in. So the Rose fans, we're rooting for you. You've got all of the rest of the fandoms in your corner and we hope everything works out for your favorites. To piggyback on that, um, definitely, like, this is the time in regards to the Rose. This is the time where they need your support more than ever. This is the time where they you just can't abandon the Rose. We are here for them. Regardless of whatever fandom be, you're in, definitely support the Rose, whether you listen to them or not. Because the one thing, like, put yourself in their fan situation, their shoes. And, you know, the idea of that, your favorite group is going to, you know, potentially, uh, potentially, oh my goodness, um, potentially, you know, no longer exist in that realm is a scary thing. And we, as an industry, they, all they have is each other right now and their fans and the support that they get really does help. And I think that whether you're a fan of them or not, you really need to support them and go with them on this journey. That way, you know, we don't lose these artists and they, they just don't fade in the spotlight because they're all worthy of being there. They're such talented people. They deserve to have their art showcased. On the other terms of stuff, again, like I said, I will get into Monte, I, pr- I promise. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, just that looking forward to going um, into more topics about K-pop and sharing more of our stories. And this was fun. This is absolutely fun. Definitely. I really enjoyed being able to share um, some, how I got into K-pop and being like Jay being an old head in the fandom. We can do like a whole episode on being the old people (laughs) going forward. (laughs) Definitely. But yeah, so we have a lot more content over on our website, uh, thecrazemagazine.com. Today we just discussed uh, the news for The Rose, but, but um, this week we have, you know, our weekly columns that come out, uh, B-Sides, uh, Throwback Thursday, uh, Ladies' Corner, my personal favorite. <laughs> Love highlighting those ladies. Um, and a special interview went up as well. So if you're interested, just pop on over to our website. You can see a ton of content there. And of course... You follow us on social media. Uh, we're active on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Craze Magazine uh, daily. So you can keep up with all, all the comebacks and all the stuff that gets posted while we're there. We will be back next week uh, with a new episode uh, and new things to talk about. So this has been the Craze Cast, and we'll see you all later. Bye! Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.